0: I'm gonna keep all that I have and get more. looking at your spouse in terms of commerce. I do this for you and you do this for me as a quid pro quo. And because I provide money, or because I provide a house, you provide childcare and sex. And that's the way most men approach their relationship with a woman, as opposed to, no, I'm a husband. And that means the care and nurture of my wife is my responsibility.
1: Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, we talk with John Furman about how you can get out of your survival brain.
2: That'll work. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All righty. We have a special treat for today's podcast because a couple of weeks ago we went and sat with John Furman, who is pastor of Beaverton Christian over in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, him and I, we had been friends with him and his wife, Janelle. Actually went to college together back in the 90s. So you do the math on that down in Southern California. Him and I got coffee the other day and we were talking about marriage, relationships, men, how to be sacrificial for your wife, all these wonderful things. And so we decided to go sit down and have a a conversation with him and actually record it for this podcast. Yeah. One thing you got to know, there's a little button right here that if you don't if you had these buttons clicked wrong the sound sounds terrible and i found that out um after we had recorded this podcast so the the sound is a little bit off but you should be able to listen to it um no problem i've tried to uh, augment it in post-production and make it sound good but for the most part i think it'll be listenable to listenable in this yep okay
1: we hope you enjoy today's best episode.
2: <laughs> One of the things I ask pastors all the time... Is,
1: Don't you think you should start with saying who we're talking to? In a minute. Okay. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Your thoughts on couples and and kind of how men how men are approaching marriage and some of the struggles that are coming out of that. Yeah. Does that
0: sound familiar? It does sound familiar.
2: Before we get into that real fast, your
0: name who you are, what you do, so that people can, you know, get to know you just better. Yeah, totally. John Furman, I live here in uh, beautiful, sunny, currently, Oregon. Yeah, Uh, the next 20 minutes. The next 20 minutes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm pastor at uh, Beaverton Christian Church in Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, Before that, I was a youth pastor in the Portland metro area for almost, gosh, Almost 20 years. Um, I'm a native Californian, but I love living here in Oregon. Yeah, Yeah. on purpose. On purpose, purpose. yeah. You've
2: been married to Janelle for...
0: Yes, Janelle and I have been married since 1996. So man, we're coming up on 23 years here. Two years behind us, not That's right. right. Married in San Diego. We uh, were, um, uh, started dating in college, dated for four years. Her dad had this crazy notion that we should be, I should be employed if I was going to be married. So I took a job as a youth pastor in Lake Oswego, Oregon, and uh, worked at Lake Bible Church in Lake Oswego for 11 years, 10 years, for 10 years.
2: One of the things I ask pastors all the time is just couples walking into your office, mm-hmm. the issues you're seeing coming in, and more importantly, kind of the core issues. It, yeah. There's a 1,000 presenting issues, mm-hmm. you know, conflict, fights, sex, money, parenting, all, yeah. the, all those things which are normal, struggles in, in any marriage. But I think you and I are always trying to figure out what's at the core? What's at the heart? Why? Yeah. Why are they struggling? Why they keep having the same issue? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting because almost every, like every crisis that we have does come down to a crisis of faith. If mm-hmm. you are following Jesus and you believe that he has something better for you, you have to let, be willing to let go of what you have yeah. to get that better thing he offers. The quality of life that Jesus talks about that comes with eternal life, that um, the fullness of life, the rivers of living water springing up inside of you, Mm -hmm. you almost have to let go of the life you have to grab onto that life. So much of how we pursue relationships, especially with someone of the opposite sex, if you're a man or a woman, the relationship you want to be in, there's this I know the way life works for me and I know what I want out of it and I'm unwilling to let go of those things to get the life that Jesus offers me, which means I need to find that person who matches my ideal view of the world, my ideal my ideal view of marriage, and then I won't lose any of the things that I had in singleness and I'll receive all the benefits of marriage and then my life will be completed. I'm completed by this other person, not... Jesus promises to complete me, and I give up the idea that this person is going to fill in all those gaps that I have. Yeah.
2: Give um, me some examples. What are some of the things that we're holding on to because we, that we're reluctant to let go of yeah. to pursue Christ? Mm-hmm.
0: I tend to think that the way I think and feel about everything is the right way to think and feel about everything. My just preconception that everyone is like me assumes that when someone isn't thinking like me, it's an error or a failure or a brokenness on their part. So when I'm struggling in my relationship with my own wife, Mm -hmm. it's she's not thinking the way I think. And she's wrong Mm -hmm. for not thinking that way, which then breeds the exact same thing in return. No, he's not thinking the way I'm thinking. And actually what each of us have to do Is let go of the way that we think to adopt the way Jesus thinks about the situation. I get struck over and over again by Jesus is talking to a group of people and a man walks up and says, Jesus, tell my brother to divide mine, our father's inheritance, you know, between us fairly. And Jesus doesn't say, all right, well tell me your story and then I'll decide which of you is right and which of you has the change. And then you will be able to go on and live your life in happiness. Yeah. What he says is, who made me the arbiter between the two of you to decide? And unless you both repent, you'll both perish. Mm. And I find that when I'm dealing with my own marriage or I'm talking with someone in their marriage, people come and they present and they want me to pick which one of them is right yeah. and then show them from the Bible why. And now the other person has to do what the pastor said. Yeah. Oh, man. When Jesus is saying, right, hey, and you both have to repent of what it is that you think and accept what it is that I'm saying or who I am, and then your lives will be transformed. For me, helping people see what is the mind of Christ on this matter and how are each of you failing to adopt the mind of Christ It doesn't make a winner or a loser in the argument. It makes both people human, needy of a savior, and when they press into Jesus in the mind of Jesus, they change. I never thought about any of those things when I was deciding to get married. It was who's going to adopt my frame of reference and follow me as I lead them through life.
2: Oh, it sounds very similar to uh, the framework we use, which is, you know, I can't get her to conform to my standards and I can't conform to her standards. We need to have that objective standard that we are both moving towards. Mm -hmm. And that's how we evaluate our health is not you know how much she's like me and how much I'm like her, but how much we are like this objective standard, which is scripture, Christ, that that eternal model that Mm -hmm. we're trying to always strive for and attain. I'm assuming guys, girls, women, don't like to hear that (laughs) position. I mean, they really do want the, right. Mm-hmm. who's right, who's wrong, yeah. pick my side, and we just want to move on to, can we watch Netflix tonight? Right.
1: Well, and that's also like we talk about taking responsibility. Yeah. That's one of the, the main foundations yeah. is taking responsibility, and you have to take responsibility for your part, and they have to take responsibility for their part. Yeah.
2: What do you do with that resistance that you see in people? Yeah. How do people get past that personal resistance? We actually use the phrase: uh, our survival brain causes oh, yeah. marital pain. Mm-hmm. That we just we want to be comfortable, we want to be fed, we want to be safe. Yeah, totally. How do you help people get past that? And this is the biggest question I have: is how do you get people to get past that survival brain mm-hmm. and move into trust, move into faith? Yeah. that their needs will be met, <laughs> yeah. even though there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know it's probably not true with you and Janelle, but my wife is a little flawed <laughs> and she doesn't always meet my needs. Right. And more accurately, I rarely meet all of her needs because I'm just a moron sometimes. Yeah,
0: totally. So how do
2: you get past that resistance of that, that survival piece? Yeah.
0: Well, I don't like saying it, but I don't like hearing it. more, right, what I'm about to say, but what I'm about to say took me a long time to even be okay with, let alone recognize that it was true, and it's that my wife isn't going to meet all my needs, Jesus is going to meet all my needs, and he's going to meet my needs through my wife, but he's also going to meet my needs through my friends, he's going to meet my needs through the people that I spend time with in church, through my neighbors, And when I think that my wife is going to meet all my needs, now I have those high levels of resistance that regardless of what I have, I point at what I should have. And I blame the person who isn't who I want them to be instead of love and accept the person for who they actually are.
2: So I, I, again, I agree conceptually, put it into practical things, yeah. because when we're short on money and my wife needs to go get a job, yeah. and she's not going to, Jesus isn't going to go get a job for me. Yeah, totally. And you know supplement mm-hmm. that income. So how does Christ meet that need that I
0: have? Yeah. Understanding your need and determining whether that's a want or a need. Okay. So the Bible's got some great ways for us to understand whether or not something is a want or a need. Fair enough. Um, Uh, identifying what that need is and then expressing that need and then um, letting that person wrestle with their responsibility in terms of that need. Because it's easy for me to come and say, you need to be meeting my need in this in Christ because you're my spouse and the Bible says. But until that person sees my vulnerability, understands my... um, um, vulnerability Mm -hmm. so my vulnerability my transparency those are the things that build intimacy they're not then going to be provoked even within themselves to want to meet that need Mm -hmm. until they see that it's that being human in before the other person which the Bible calls submitting yourselves one to another that when you're willing to do that now there's something for that other spouse to respond to Mm -hmm. and then they can see that and say I was unaware that you had that need or I never thought of that need as my responsibility or I don't know how I can meet that need in you. So give me a few examples of what I can do to help you with that. Now you've been put in the position where you can ask for what you want with someone who wants to grow in intimacy with you.
2: You're describing what we use, we call the First Peter Framework. Because we have an inheritance that is in heaven, mm-hmm. undefiled, unfading, yeah. waiting for us. First Peter, you know, one six comes into the next verse, which is, now you can endure various trials because yeah. you know that you're already rich. Yeah. And so, if someone steals twenty dollars out of your wallet after mm-hmm. you just went to the bank and you have thirteen billion dollars, you can say, take the twenty, and yeah. let me write you a check for a thousand. Right. I have enough. Yeah. I, have, I have an abundance to give you mm-hmm. that f- f- full life you're talking yeah. about. I'm still hung up on the, I want to help people learn how to do that better, how Mm -hmm. to be able to trust, know, feel, taste, experience, Mm -hmm. Uh, an inheritance that's in heaven, unfading, undefiled, waiting waiting in heaven for us. How Mm -hmm. do we feel that on a daily basis so that it makes it more practical when... Someone's not taking out the trash. And when you're disagreeing about how to mm-hmm. correct the kids and when she's going the wrong way home and she should have turned left instead of going straight. Right. How do you know Christ? Yeah. <laughs> you have an
0: inheritance. Exactly. Well, I'm going to say this at the risk of sounding gauche, but most people, I many people I know, especially in their early years of marriage, this has never been made clear to them but the amount of times that the trash gets taken out on time right. directly correlates to the amount of sex that you're having in your marriage. Sure, of <laughs> course. No one, no one tells you that. Yeah, that math equation is rarely uh, <laughs> exactly. you know, taught. Um, no, I would say um, when the Scripture says that, that he makes all things beautiful in its time, mm-hmm. it's generally our sense of timing that's off. It's that we want something, we want it now instead of when God is going to bring it to us. Mm -hmm. And so there's two ways to eat bad fruit. The first one is to pick it too soon and it Mm -hmm. tastes awful. And the second time is to pick it too late and it's not, not very satisfying. Mm -hmm. So I would say that to connect us back to taking out the trash, so much of what we're doing is living life in a rhythm that produces God's timing. It doesn't produce it. Sorry. It conforms us to God's timing. Mm -hmm. So, If I want more intimacy with my wife, that takes more conversations and more submitting yourselves one to another Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than I want it to. Because to quote Queen, when do I want it? What do I want? I want it all. And when do I want it? I want it now. But the truth is, if I am looking for more intimacy with my wife, that means more conversations with her about how she's thinking and feeling about things like my performance as a garbage disposal or removal person, right? right? And so in that, when I go, well, I know that God is going to meet my needs, but he's going to meet them in his time. That means I spend my time doing his things, which is pursuing my wife, not sitting back in passivity and saying, well, the scripture says that the wife's body belongs to the husband and the husband's Mm -hmm. body belongs to the wife. And so you need to do things that you don't feel like. And right now what you don't feel like doing is getting together with me, but you still have to do it because the Bible. That's right. <laughs> it's, thus sayeth. right, thus saith the Lord. It's, oh, thus saith the Lord, husbands, love your wives and give your life up for her like Christ gave his life up for the church. And when I do that, for longer than I think is necessary, I start getting better results than I thought were possible because he's now blessing me through my wife because I'm pursuing him in how I treat with and deal with my wife. Yeah. So it's that until I open up my heart and demonstrate that I care about her concerns, then she's not going to like me yeah. enough yeah. to want to have physical intimacy with me.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. And this is something that we actually talked about is sure. that women all across the world, for good or for ill, are engaged in physical intimacy with men they don't love. Yeah they just happen to like them yeah. and there are women all across the world who love men that aren't engaged in physical intimacy with them because they don't like them so helping your wife like you yeah. by loving her like Christ loved the church is one of the things that unlocks her heart that opens her arms yeah. you know
2: Andy stanley calls it the submission competition yeah can you submit more totally to she can submit to you mm-hmm. if you do that it's a race to the top not a race exactly. to the bottom so good. And yet our sin nature, our human nature, mm-hmm. again we get back into that panic mode of I gotta make sure I can hold on to everything I have because I wanna make sure that I don't go without. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm gonna do this instead of take out the trash, I'm gonna do this instead of listen, I'm gonna do mm-hmm. this instead of talk, I'm gonna do this instead of a thousand other things that lead to that connection, that deeper yeah. intimacy peace, which is I'm gonna
0: keep all that I have and get more. which is basically greed, and it's looking at your spouse in terms of commerce. I do this for you, and you do this for me as a quid pro quo. And because I provide money, or because I provide a house, you provide childcare and sex. And that's the way most men approach their relationship with a woman, as opposed to, no, I'm a husband. Yeah. And that means the care and nurture of my wife is my responsibility. Not I found a new mom for me and the kids. Right. It's my
2: privilege, it's my honor to help redeem you, mm-hmm. redeem your story. you yeah. come into this relationship broken, injured, from a whole life previous to me, and now I get to know you as intimately and deeply, then more deeply than anyone else on this planet, and yeah. to help redeem your story, to help you become a better human being. Totally. And more like... Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's that picture of Christ and the church yeah. that you're describing perfectly. Just what's the next step? Not ten steps down the road. Mm-hmm. What's the very next thing that they would need to do so that they can start to yeah. see a shift in the relationship if they are both in this survival brain yeah. causing all this marital pain? What would you suggest is the very next <sighs> one step that they could do that they could see change happen today, yeah. tomorrow, within within
0: a week? That's, it's, that's such a great question, and I would say this. I'd say most of us spend way too much time thinking through what our spouse needs to do if we're going to like them more. Yeah, And we have lists upon lists of things that if only, if they did, whatever, flipping that around and saying, what do I need to do to get my spouse to like me more? Who do I need to become so that this person sees me As who I am in Christ because the closer I press into Jesus the more I understand my true identity and in that I become a more noble man Mm -hmm. or you can become a more noble woman and those are the things that cause us to find someone else it's the nobility and the character and integrity of a person that causes to find them attractive not just in the immediate but it is a powerful immediate attractant but over the long haul so Mm -hmm. that when you're You know, 70 years old you're looking forward to dying together not you're 18 years old and you're looking forward to living together you know what I mean? So I just say that who do I need to become because Jesus is going to grow me in that when I press into him and as I become that person I will become more likable the fruits of the spirit in my life will cause my spouse to draw near to me to be fed with what Jesus is producing in my life, as opposed to stapling some plastic behavioral fruit on the tree Mm -hmm. to look good from a distance. Because that looking good from a distance is, don't you see I've got it all together? Mm -hmm. I've got all this fruit on my tree, but it's not organic, it's Mm -hmm. not natural, it's been put on there. So I'd say that. Flipping that mindset into who do I need to become so that my spouse is just, sees Christ in me, because the most attractive thing in all the world to humanity is the beauty of Christ mm. so
2: we hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with uh, John. If you actually want to start working on your survival brain, if you're recognizing that everything you're doing in your relationship is trying to get your needs met and you've kind of forgotten how to meet the needs of your spouse or how to do things um, so your spouse actually likes you more and you're kind of focused on how you get your needs primarily and you want to learn how to do that differently, then we actually are, are putting together some new resources that secure marriage here that are going to uh, address those particular things specifically, primarily how to get out of your survival brain, how communication either leads to conflict cycles or connection cycles. We also want to show you how easy it is to get off of the conflict cycle and onto the connection cycle with only six things that you have to master. You only have to learn six things to make that happen. We are actually finishing editing um, three videos that walk you through all of that and then some programs and some resources that you and your spouse can do together so that you can get out of that survival brain and into a marriage brain that will bring more connection between you and your spouse. So we're actually going to do a little teaser and we're going to say um, stay tuned, Uh, hoping to have this out by the end of the year by, and this is what, early December. So three weeks from now, we're trying to have this released. So stay tuned. You'll hear about it on more podcasts coming up. Uh, We're really excited about it. We've been putting a lot of work into it Um, and we really want to teach people how to genuinely learn how to love their spouses better by being sacrificial for them because when you do that you will fight less feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse we want you to be able to experience that too so stay tuned keep watching securemarriage.com and um, thanks for watching
1: you're not going to do anything? that's it that's it Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out how you can build your own secure marriage, go to securemarriage.com. And if you have a chance, subscribe to our show on iTunes or however you get your podcast and leave us a review while you're there. You can also write us at podcast at securemarriage.com or follow us on Facebook. We are Paul and Shannon Elmore, and you've been listening to the secure marriage podcast where we believe it's possible to fight less Feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. Look, I'm as tall as yeah, you, are. you are. What do you got? I'm sitting on my bony butt.
2: You have a bony butt?
1: I do. It's
2: a good thing we're not recording that. Good thing. Oh, we are recording oh, that. Wow. How about that? I
1: didn't know. <laughs> and on today's episode, we talk with John Furman about how you can get out of your survival brain.
2: Survival brain? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. Survival Brains.
1: I don't know yes, how.
2: Yes, you can. Survival Brain no more.
1: Welcome to the secure. That was too. Welcome.
2: Welcome. <laughs> like the wiggles. Like the wiggles. Did I say connection cycle? I said a connection cycle, didn't I?
1: You said it right the first time. Did I? Uh-huh.
0: Conflict cycle? Yeah. Doggone it. I was doing good.